Good morning, Bob. Thank you so much for helping us figure out how to do this show today, even though we can't be with you. Appreciate that. Um, well, I am Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This program is supported by donations to the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Richard Holmes. We are deeply saddened to share with you that Dr. Holmes passed away earlier this week. Some of you loyal listeners have had the opportunity to hear Dr. Holmes' dependable, practical, science-based medical advice each week for many years. He will be greatly missed. Our thoughts and prayers are certainly with Joni, their children, and their family and friends. Shortly after Dr. Holmes' diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, Rick and Joni, co-founders of the Healing Words Foundation, established a plan to continue their legacy of service. Rick and Joni took steps to assure that the work of the Prairie Doc will go on. They have built a wonderful team of board members, volunteers, and staff. Four physicians from Brookings have agreed to take on the role of hosting Prairie Doc radio and television programs, as well as authoring the weekly newspaper essays. Rick wanted everyone to know that while he originally developed the Prairie Doc programs and had been known by many as the Prairie Doc, he felt he was always surrounded by a team of Prairie Docs. With us today is Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans. Dr. Evans' specialty is internal medicine. She currently works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Welcome, Dr. Evans. We're so grateful to have you here with us today. Thank you for coming to my office to broadcast our show today, Laura. I'm glad we could work it out. Absolutely. And we have our nice, safe distance across uh, Dr. Evans' desk here as well. Everyone's being flexible these days. Yeah. Uh, well, Dr. Evans, thank you so much for being part of um, the Prairie Doc team and the Healing Words and continuing this important mission could you tell us a little bit about how you got to know Dr. Home and became involved in the Prairie Doc program? Oh, sure. So, so I'm originally from Brookings. I was born and raised here. Um, I went to school around the same time that Rick and Joni's kids went to school. So I always knew Dr. Home just as a community member. Um, it's so funny to be here with you today as we as we think about Rick, but. Um, the first time that I ever sat sat in that radio station was actually, I must have been 23 years old and um, thinking about going to medical school. And I had I was waitressing at Cubby's restaurant downtown. Um, Dr. Holm came in with his family and had, you know, a, a, a meal and a beer one night and I was waiting on them and he asked me what what was going on in my life and I kind of told him like, I'm applying to medical school this year and he invited me to come shadow with him oh, yeah. and so um, I must have shadowed on a Wednesday morning just by chance and this you know anyone who who has is in medicine will realize how, how funny my first experience you know following a real doctor around for literally a morning was so I met Rick, and he had another. He had a medical student with him that day. I met them at the hospital. He did his rounds. Um, he and Rick was a doc like no other. I will never forget that that day. Um, he had a patient in the hospital whose blood count um, 
was progressing in a very abnormal way. And so, you know, what a, a doc like me would do from the Brookings Hospital would be to say, oh, we probably need to send you to Sioux Falls or refer you to a hematologist for a bone marrow biopsy and diagnostics. Well, that's not what Rick did. What Rick did was say, well, time to do a bone marrow biopsy. And he, we did one just right on rounds that morning. Um, and, you know, because he did everything. He learned to do everything. He always did everything. Um, and he made it happen right there. I didn't know how unique that was at the time. It was only in retrospect that I can marvel at that. Um, so we finished up rounds, and then we went over to the radio show. And he, you know, of course, he didn't warn me at all that me, I'm going to be sitting on the radio and invited to to talk on his weekly radio show. He just dragged me along with him, and we sat and talked on the Prairie Doc, and I, I couldn't remember any more details than that before we went to clinic. But, you know, that was my first clinical experience with Dr. Holm involved this radio show. And um, I think it's, you know, it speaks really to his, he had such a passion for this. Act. I mean, he was Dr. Holm was passionate about everything that he did, everything in his whole life. Um, but he really felt strongly that the mission of the Prairie Doc and his radio show and TV show was so important. Um, he he, and I know that he built a following of very loyal listeners and watchers. And um, he he really it, he felt strongly when he knew that he wasn't going to be around forever. Uh, um, over these last few years, that that it was important for for this work to go on, and so I I'm I'm honored to you know sit in as a Prairie Doc. I think all of us involved know that we we will never, in our eyes or anyone else's, uh, live up to Dr. Holm. Um, but we're so happy to to keep doing it. Thank you, Dr. Evans. It's a tough day today, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we are we are so grateful to Dr. Holm and Joni Holm and Joan Hogan and KBRK for growing this Prairie Doc program into this service for our community and our listeners. And a moment such as this, fenental crisis that we're facing in our world today, only magnifies the need for programs like this. So we'll be taking our first break shortly, and when we return, Dr. Evans and I will be talking about the latest developments with the coronavirus and COVID-19. If you have a medical question you would like us to address, call us now at 605-692-1430. By living a healthy lifestyle, you can lower your risk for heart disease and heart attack. A healthy lifestyle includes the following, eating a healthy diet, maintaining a healthy weight, getting enough physical activity, not smoking or using other forms of tobacco, and limiting alcohol use. All the providers at the Avera Medical Group Brookings hope you will follow these guidelines. For more information on a healthy heart, speak with your provider at 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. I want to mention that even though we're not in the studio today, uh, we do have a way to get those questions over to us. So please, if you do have questions that you'd like 
um, for us to address, give us a call, 605-692-1430. So before our break, we were discussing how we are honored to be part of this team carrying on the legacy of Dr. Richard Holm and that his efforts have made it possible for us to continue to provide important medical information to the public through the Prairie Doc programs. Dr. Evans, things have really been escalating these last few weeks as the coronavirus has been spreading throughout the world, the nation, and our state. Uh, it was announced just yesterday that we have our first confirmed positive COVID-19 case in Brookings. What does this mean for our community, and how do things change now? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just the the rapid pace at which things have changed over the last two to three weeks is Hard, it's hard to fathom. It's hard, it was hard to imagine being here just a couple of weeks ago. It seemed like a distant thing, and that maybe that's just a very human quality that we try to keep those disastrous things at a distance as long as we can. Um, so, yes, the, the Department of Health reported um, that we do have a confirmed positive case in Brookings. From a physician and a healthcare system perspective, I you know that doesn't really change. We we have known that we are going to have cases here all along, and we're kind of just waiting to catch that positive. Um, my hope that with that reporting is that a sense of urgency um, is sort of passed into the public sphere, and and I think I you know I. I, I feel like Brookings has done a good job as a community of of trying to adhere to social distancing and, and all of these things that um, we're asking of everybody across the country to do over these last couple of weeks. Um, I think, you know, from, a, from a, a tangible perspective, I think that positive result probably is what prompted our city council to take the action that they did on, on Monday evening when, when they... Um, actually made an ordinance to um, ban certain types of businesses from being open to try and minimize social gathering, which I think is a really important step, and I fully support it. Um, and I, I, I hope that those things continue on a larger scale in our region. I think it's inevitable, and those are really the things that we have to do. Um, and, I, you know, this, this reported positive case, I think, maybe gives everybody the sense of urgency. It is here. We knew it would be here, and it's really time to just hunker down and, and bear through this as best we can. It is um, incredibly disruptive to so many people's lives mm. right now. Um, you mentioned closing businesses. Yes. I know, um, it's, it's heartbreaking, right, how um, it affects things economically mm -hmm. and things like that. But from your perspective, this is what is necessary. This is worth it. It, it is, and I, I, I don't. That's certainly not lost on us. It's not lost on anybody in public health who's been preaching about social distancing and um, closing quote non-essential activities down for for these last few weeks. We know that this is going to be very hard on everyone in our community for a variety of reasons. We know that. I, the the fact of the matter is, I don't think we have a choice. Um, I think I think the choice to do nothing in in regards to um, widespread public shutdowns, that the the choice, or if if we opted to not do those things, 
it would be a choice that we know would result in more loss of lives. I think that's just the fact of the matter. That's how this epidemiologic math is going to work. Um, there's a potential that, that this could be pretty devastating from a human standpoint, even the best that we can do. Um, but this is, this is literally the best tool we have to minimize that human loss right now. And I think, I think everyone agrees. We, we know that economically and socially this, this can be a really devastating thing to ask of people. Um, but I think we can all agree that the human loss is something that we have to first consider and we're going to have to pick up the pieces with everything else once we're through the worst of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of, some of us have been uh, social distancing or isolating ourselves mm -hmm. now for a week or two already. Yeah. So it's um, my, my kids and I have been kind of just staying home. Yeah. Um, it's, it's um, I think, important for us to continue to hear um, why it's important? Yeah, because uh, that's our job here. To just absolutely be like, okay, <laughs> I hear you. It's, so. it's, it's, I mean, it's hard on uh, on me to break those habits too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're very humans are social. Mm -hmm. um, I and you know, I'm thankful that I have a family to spend my evenings with when I go home from the clinic. I realize that that's not true for everybody in your living situation, and and you know, our hearts go. We have to figure out how to how to try and connect with those people that are at risk of isolation without um, without lapsing on our social distancing. And I think that's really our, our collective responsibility as a community is to, to be civic-minded and make sure that we're connecting with people who need connection and might lack it right now. Mm -hmm. I just want to remind our listeners that if you um, do have a question that you'd like to call in, uh, you could give us a call at 605 692 1430, 605-692-1430, and we'll get those questions over um, to ask Dr. Evans. So if you have additional questions about this, please do give us a call. Um, Dr. Evans, we were just talking about how uh, there's a lot of isolation. Um, mm -hmm. People might be struggling with mental health at this time. What are what are some of your thoughts on um, addressing mental health? Yeah, I think it, that's going to be something that we have to navigate as we go. I think there's a lot of factors that could impact our community mental health in, in negative ways right now. I mean, certainly um, people feeling stressed economically, which is likely to happen in a lot of sectors right now, that, that causes a lot of stress on people. The sheer stress of the situation and worrying about what might happen with this is, is enough to, to make you feel stressed and lose sleep without any of this other stuff going on. Um, and then social isolation in, in those riskier folks is, it, I mean, that's a real thing that we should be wary of. Um, and, I, you know, how, how do we combat this? Because realistically, I think our recommendations for social distancing are, are they're not going to let up in a week. It's probably not going to let up in two weeks. We're probably looking at more along the lines of months from what we understand from the data that we're gathering from other countries. And so um, using technology the best we can. Hopefully here in Brookings our weather will improve so that we can be safely out exercising, getting fresh air, and taking walks, um, which is, is so important during these stressful times. Um, and, and just really 
looking out for each other um, in that way, I think, is something that we all need to be very attentive to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um, want to mention an important resource we have in our community is the 211 helpline. So if you are struggling with um, economic concerns, um, if you are feeling depressed and need someone to talk to um, and need some resources, you can always call 211 and there's someone there to answer those calls. So um, just keep that in mind as an option as well. Well, it's time for us to take our next break, um, and we'd like to invite you to give us a call at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like um, to have us discuss this morning. The American Academy of Pediatrics has issued media guidelines for preschoolers that are helpful for parents and grandparents. Under the age of two, media should be very limited and only used when adults are standing by to co-view, talk, and teach. For example, video chatting with family along with their parents. For children 18 to 24 months, if you want to introduce digital media, choose high quality programming and use media together with your child. For children aged two to five, limit screen time to no more than one hour per day. Find other activities for your children to do that are healthy for their bodies and mind. Choose media that is interactive, nonviolent, educational, and pro-social. If you have questions about social media for children, speak with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. I am Laura Ellsworth, and Dr. Kelly Evans is here with us to discuss the medical questions that you may have. If you have a question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, we were talking about um, COVID-19 and some of the mental health concerns we might have. Dr. Evans, what are some specific strategies you might have for coping with the stress um, and isolation? Yeah, I think, so I think similar to advice that we might give for, for sort of behavioral interventions for stress and anxiety anytime, um, exercise is good. It's a good outlet for some, some built up um, anxiety and stress. So exercise the, the challenge is, you know, for, for example, I'm someone who I usually get my exercise by going to a gym and doing fitness in groups. And um, I've, I stopped doing that um, about two weeks ago now. Um, gyms are now mandated to be closed here in Brookings, which is absolutely the right thing to do. So changing behavior, but doing things like exercising at home, like I said, going on a walk when, when the weather allows it, going for a jog outside I think is very important. Um, you know, a lot of folks are spending more time at home, have more, quote, leisure time on your hands. So, you know, make phone calls to people that you've maybe lost connection with. I think those are all things that we, that rejuvenate us um, emotionally. So, so, you know, make a list of people that you want to reach out to and call this week. Talk about things besides COVID-19. I mean, I, it, it's easy to be overwhelmed by things because, um, our media is saturated with it. And while it's very important for us to all be up-to-date and educated about it, sometimes, you know, taking the time to think about other things I think is going to be important because this is going to be a bit of a marathon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You mentioned going outside. Question, yeah. um, is it safe to go on walks or runs outdoors? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I, I think generally, yes, I think outdoors are good. Um, if you if you were to be outside with other folks, we would recommend that you keep a safe distance. So, I mean, if you're someone who wanted to do a bike ride or run with a partner outside your family, maybe try to stay six plus feet away, go on opposite sides of the street, you know, just those little habit changes. Um, but I think being outdoors is, is going to be important for everybody. Uh, our family took a walk the other night, mm -hmm. and um, there's another family across the street, and mm -hmm. uh, the little probably four-year-old says, we're on a bear hunt. And I had seen something on social yeah, media about this bear too. hunt, but I didn't really think about it. But sure enough, I think there were 10 bears in windows in, in our neighborhood. Yeah. So you might notice. Like that. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a fun little thing kids can do. Put yeah. a teddy bear in your window, and kids out on walks will look for those teddy bears in the windows. Right. I think that's I think so sweet. We've got to get creative to, right. to keep, keep things interesting and, and, and fun right now when our kids can't be interacting with their friends and going to school. Right. So I think those are great ideas. Another specific question yeah. about outdoors, is it okay to bring your kids to a park? So most sources would say avoid the park right now. I mean, this virus we know can live on surfaces. So going to a park, everyone, your kids are going to be touching the surfaces of that playground equipment. And anyone that has touched that potentially in the last several days could have left infectious material that could be picked up. So um, yeah, that's going to be a, a challenge to explain to our kids, I realize, as, as Time goes on, but probably avoiding park and shared equipment is, is best. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, another question came through, is carry-out food safe or can the virus get to it? Um, so I, I, think, I think this is a hard question to answer, and I am battling it in my own, in, in what I want to do myself. Mm -hmm. Certainly... Food could be a, a place that virus could be transmitted. I mean, that's true, true everywhere. Um, certainly, our our trusted restaurants are upheld to high standards of of cleanliness, et cetera. Um, but technically, yes, a virus could be transmitted via via food material. Um, I think it's it's wise to use places that you trust. Um, I think it's reasonable to call ahead and ask questions on if places are taking extra precautions to minimize any issues. But I mean, food workers generally are gloved and, and, and adhering to good sanitation precautions. I would say as a general rule, most, and I have to disclose that I don't know specifically about this virus, but as a general rule, um, viruses don't survive heat or freezing. So, um, so if, if you know that you can do one of those two things to your food in between when you get it and when you eat it, that would give you an extra level of safety. Okay. Okay. Yeah, excellent mm -hmm. point. Um, we have another question that came in. Wondering if the person that has been diagnosed is in the hospital, and if so, if the hospital is allowing guests, if not, are they quarantined at home? So first question is um, the person diagnosed in the hospital. I don't think the Department of Health has released yeah, information so, about that. And, and so important, an important point from a healthcare provider perspective and a community perspective, while we are following cases from an epidemiologic standpoint, everything that we adhere to in regards to patient privacy still holds true. So, I mean, it's, it's hard because there's a single case in our community and people are asking questions, but 
I would say even if I knew the answer to that question, I would not and could not disclose any any more information on on that um, particular so want, specifics of that patient. If we want information about our county, yes. we need to go to the department, South Dakota yep. Department of and Health. And it's going to be some strict numbers and basic information, but um, certainly as, as health care providers, we are obligated to, to keep information confidential still. Um, the, another question from that person was, is a hospital allowing guests? Yeah, so the answer is, um, let me pull up the latest on that. So generally speaking, guests have been restricted in our, our hospital to one at a time for a while now. But let me just pull up um, the latest with that. Yeah, let me see if I can yeah. get a, a clear answer so I think for you. In mm -hmm. general, you might want to. It is very restricted. It's very restricted. Our nursing homes and most nursing homes are allowing no visitors. Most have exceptions for patients that are maybe at the end of life. Um, but since nursing homes are a very high-risk environment, they're really limiting people in and out. I, I did my rounds at the nursing home yesterday and um, had to make sure I identified myself. I had to have my temperature taken at the door and, and all of these extra protective measures. Um, and then about being, the, the additional question with that one was if um, being quarantined at home, like we said, we don't know the specifics on this individual, but um, I'm sure the recommendation yes. was for that person to... So from my understanding, and again, we, we don't have a lot of hands-on experience, recommendation for someone who is well enough to stay at home with a positive um, test would be to self-quarantine, trying to limit any contact with any individual for 14 days. Um, and with our small number of cases, I suspect the Department of Health is checking up on those cases and following them closely. They probably won't be able to do that with every case as we start to have more and more positive cases. Very good. Well, I think it's time for us to take our final break and want to remind you that if you have questions, uh, we still have a few minutes to answer those. So give us a call at 605-692 1430. Millions of people in the United States are not getting screened for colorectal cancer as recommended. They are missing the chance to prevent colorectal cancer or to find it early when treatment often leads to a cure. The vast majority of new cases of colorectal cancer, about 90%, occur in people who are 50 or older. The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force recommends screening beginning at age 50. If you think you may be at increased risk for colorectal cancer, learn your family history and ask your doctor if you should begin screening before age 50. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to the Prairie Doc radio program. I am Laura Ellsworth, and with us is Dr. Kelly Evans, and she's sharing uh, valuable information with us regarding COVID-19 and um, what we can all be doing to help prevent the spread of that. So, um, Dr. Evans, we have another um, question that came in. Okay. Um, an 80-year-old female is wondering if it's still safe to go to the grocery store. So, I mean... I would say, as a general rule, all of us, age 80 and, and all other ages, should ha 
have goal. I mean, we ha- we have to get groceries. There's no two ways about that. That's right. that's and um and so we have to do it and make it as safe as we can. If you are uncomfortable with that and you have someone that could um, get groceries for you or have a neighbor that goes out, this is the time for to ask for for that help. Um, and I think it's the time for us to be offering that help as family, friends, and neighbors. That being said, assuming you need to go to the grocery store, my recommendations would be to make a list to try and make your trip as short as possible, to be aware of where your hands touch, and every time you see an opportunity to use hand sanitizer in that grocery store, just do it. I mean, if you sanitize your hands 10 times there, then great. Um, Take measures to try and keep space between you and other shoppers and staff. and uh, make sure that you wash the food when you get home and wash your hands when you get home. Um, I have to say myself, I, the, I was at the grocery store this past weekend. I've never been so hyper aware of my environment as I am now. Um, mm-hmm. So we're all really learning. I think everyone's being very, ha- trying to have good etiquette about keeping space between people. Um, but you just have to be aware and try and you know, minimize your time and minimize your contact as much as you can. Yeah, great advice mm-hmm. there. I, yeah, lots of hand sanitizer yeah. all the time, <laughs> and hand wipes, and all of that. Mm-hmm. That good stuff. Um, well, we just have a few minutes left, um, Dr. Evans. I, I was curious. Um, we, when we first heard about COVID nineteen, yeah. it was all really focused on how it's hard on the elderly and people with other medical complications. Yeah. I feel like that narrative has changed. Yeah, I think we're learning. Maybe not learning, but as we get more data it is clear that this is not only going to cause severe illness in our elderly and folks with comorbidities. As with everything, that population is by nature higher risk. Um, I I was listening to a a cast from an infectious disease expert at the Mayo Clinic and more data coming out of China. And just because China had this first, their Mm -hmm. data is more robust. They've had more time to collect data. Um, that, but that first cohort of patients that were hospitalized, of the hospitalized patients, and I would say that's a, a, the, that smaller percentage that are more severely ill, about 40% of them were between the ages of 20 and 55. So us young adults are not, we should not feel, um, we should not feel a false sense of comfort about this. Okay. We should be worried about ourselves as much as we're worried about transmitting it to others. We all have good reason, selfish and unselfish, to be worried about this virus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it mm-hmm. could affect anyone. Yes, it, it could. could. It can yeah. cause severe illness in, in anybody, though. Certainly, like I said, as, as everything, risk is higher with age. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, before we go, uh, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This Thursday on March 26th, the topic is Coping with the Pandemic, a Prairie Doc Special Edition with host Dr. Jill Cruz and guests Dr. Kay Moody and Dr. Hala Sabri, emergency room physicians from Washington and California. In addition, there will also be a video tribute to the life and legacy of Dr. Richard Holmes. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Vera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. 
And look for the Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Kelly Evans for joining us today. And a special thanks to Bob and everyone at KBRK for supporting this program and helping us make it happen, even as we practice social distancing. As a final note, stay home, listen to your radio, and read Dr. Holmes' book. As Dr. Holmes would say, stay healthy out there, people.